Welcome to the Hunt the West podcast, where it's all about getting outside, experiencing the outdoors, and having epic adventures. At Hunt the West, my number one goal for you is to get out and hunt. And today we're going to be talking about my gear list, a little bit of the things that I've learned this last week, elk hunting, archery elk hunting, some successes and failures, and all that stuff surrounding the gear and hunting season. I mean, hunting season is rolling in for most of us. Luckily for me, the Utah archery season has already started, and I was able to go out hunting for a little over five days. And actually, when this recording comes out, I will be hunt. I will have already been hunting another week. So anyway, a lot of the questions I get revolve around gear. So, um. And a lot of those questions get answered just by getting out there and doing the thing, you know, and using what you have and seeing what works best. But that takes time and it takes being out in the field. So for a lot of us, we only get a few days each year to hunt. So we need to make it count. So anyway, that's the goal of this episode to cut down on that learning curve so you can maximize your effectiveness out there, learn those lessons before you otherwise would have by just listening. So that's what I want to cover in this episode. I learned a lot about my gear this week and what works, what doesn't. So I want to share some of those successes and failures and what I want to improve. But most of what I'm going to share is stuff that is working really, really well. So I'm going to talk about those successes most of the time. And there's a few little improvements here and there that will be sprinkled in. Some of it you may not have thought about before. So I'm going to share what worked give you some ideas for how you can maximize your time out in the field this fall. And I'm going to talk about what I packed around with me. And I'm going to include some of the stuff that I packed around and didn't end up using. So that will be useful as well. So that's all that's coming out. So I sent out an email a little while ago asking for suggestions on topics and questions. So um, if you want to have your questions answered on the podcast, and you're not on the email list, you better go to huntthewest.us slash newsletter, sign up so you can get your questions answered. Um, I shoot out emails every once in a while asking for input and all the giveaways and cool stuff will happen on the email list. So make sure you're on that list. And information on how to get on the newsletter will be in the show notes too of this episode. So let's get into the good stuff. Gear. So first off, I mentioned this a little bit in the last podcast, but the first thing that I was super glad that I brought and that worked really well was a target. So I use a Reinhardt, I believe it's called the 18-1 or something like that. Anyway, after your bow is bouncing around in the truck on a dirt road, you need to make sure that everything is dialed in still. So I got to camp that first night and my bow was shooting about six inches right at 40 yards. So luckily I had those tools with me. I carry some Allen keys in my bino harness I just made sure that I have an Allen wrench for each little spot on my bow. And that ended up being about four of them. And I keep them for that reason so I can sight my bow in. And so my bow was shooting off and I was able to get it corrected. And before I was going out hunting. So that adds a lot of confidence being able to shoot your bow. And having a target that you can shoot broadheads at is really important. Because you can shoot your field tips and sometimes those broadheads don't line up with your field tips. So I use a, a slick trick, um, 125 grain slick trick broadhead. They're pretty inexpensive. I'll link to all this stuff. By the way, I'll link to everything in the episode um, is going to be at huntthewest.us slash 38. This is episode 38. So go to huntthewest.us slash 38 
and see everything I'm talking about in this episode. And I'll have links to all that in the show notes as well. So we'll get that out of the way so you guys know where to go. But those Slick Trick 125s, I have never had a problem with those not grouping with my field tips. They always group with my field tips, which is always nice. So you don't have to do any extra broadhead tuning. So have that target, the Reinhardt target that you can shoot a broadhead at. And um, just a little little tech tip here is shoot that broadhead first when you're sighting them in with your field tips. Shoot the broadhead first, then shoot your field tips, not the other way around. Because if you shoot them right next to each other, you might just rip off those fletches with your broadhead. So anyway, that's a smart little thing to do. But for sure, take a broadhead target with you to camp so you can shoot it right before you go out hunting. Big confidence booster and people talk about confidence killing that's how confidence kills you have confidence when you know that your stuff is working confidence isn't something that you just summon from your emotions or whatever it's not just a mindset thing it's a it's a mindset that comes because of action so having practiced having shot your bow at a broadhead target shot your broadheads at a target right before you go hunting that's going to breed a lot of confidence for you so the next thing that was working really well for me was my clothing so i did a whole episode on clothing on episode 33 and i talked about the stuff that i use at that point i hadn't actually gone hunting in these clothing in this clothing but this was my first actual hunt and this setup is absolutely money so i have josh kirshner to thank for that he was the one his book um, becoming a backpack hunter was really good we had him on the show in episode 24 if you want to go listen to that you'll hear actually in that episode when he convinced me to spend some money on clothes because you're in them all the time anyway i'll let you go listen to that as episode 24 but the first thing and my number one piece of gear as far as clothing goes my favorite thing was that corget guide pant from first light it's my favorite pant I'll give you the pros and the cons of these things as we go along, but the pros on this, it's lightweight, stretchy, so it's super comfortable. It has a DWR coating to repel water and keep it water resistant, and it's super durable. I mean, there were times I was walking through the brush, catching my pants on things, and I legitimately thought that my pants had ripped because of how hard I ran into these bushes, <laughs> and then I check, and sure enough, everything is just fine. They're just super durable. And I like that I can beat them up and they're going to stay intact and not get holes punched them every five seconds. The cons on it is because it's a nylon material um, and it's durable, they can get a little bit hot. So in those summer hunts, you know, right now, August, September, early September, they can get a little bit hot. Um, That's a small price to pay, in my opinion, for the durability. They have lighter weight pants and stuff, but they tend to be less durable and I tend to beat up my my clothing especially i like to be able to just kind of push through stuff stomp through things and because they're nylon they can also stink a little bit you know wearing those things for five days um they can get a little stinky with your with your man stank that's a little bit of a con but i mean after five days everything pretty much stinks so what's the problem and they're not quite as quiet as a like a merino wool pant would be but they're also a lot more durable than merino wool pants. So anyway, I'm a big fan overall of the corrugate guide pant from First Light. And the one of my favorite things is just the mobility that it gives you. Like stepping over blowdown is just like no factor. Just, I can step as high as I want and not worry about having mobility issues or range of motion issue issues. They just they're because they're stretchy and super comfortable and they kind of fit to your leg. They're not really getting caught on stuff because they fit really well. Anyway, really good pant. So the next thing was with clothing was the wick hoodie from first light. 
So the pros on this one is breathable, it's super lightweight, and it's got a hood. So you can have sun protection and it's moisture wicking. So when you sweat, which you inevitably will, it wicks that moisture away, brings it to the outside of the garment where it can dry. So the cons on this is it doesn't dry super quickly. I mean, it dries pretty well, but it's not going to dry as well as a synthetic layer would. And it's not super durable because it's a merino blend. However, you don't really have to baby it. Like, I mean, I was pushing through stuff and it was fine. I did poke a little couple of pinholes in the thinner areas, like right under the armpit. It has kind of a more breathable fabric. I'm not sure what it is, but anyway, I didn't have to baby it and it worked really, really well. So most of the time I'm wearing that pant, the corrugate guide pant and the wick hoodie from first light. And I was very comfortable in that. And even in the super, in the heat, (laughs) whatever, it was pretty hot. So there was some sweat (laughs) going on and it does a really good job at keeping you cool. And it even rained a few times, like I mentioned in the last episode, and I got a little bit wet, but just wearing it in the wind, it dries out pretty well. And I was very happy with the kiln hoodie or sorry the wick hoodie the next one is the kiln hoodie which is a thicker one it's a merino wool um, and it's pretty warm for the weight and it is extremely comfortable this is actually what i ended up sleeping in most of the time was this hoodie you know because i zip it up and it stays on your head and it doesn't restrict your motion when you move your head your the hood moves with you which is pretty important when you are trying to look around and not make a huge scene and not have a ton of motion or sound but the great thing about this is it's it's nice and warm and everything that's great but the greatest thing is how this works with the wick hoodie and this is something that i discovered this week this last week while i was hunting when that lower that wick hoodie it's an it's their blend they call it an arrow wool that arrow wool layer when i needed it to dry out i could use my body heat by just putting that kiln hoodie over the top of that wick hoodie and then my body heat would dry out that lower layer and that moisture pushes through the kiln hoodie it's really good at wicking moisture and then you the great thing about merino wool is you stay warm even when it's wet so that includes when it's sweaty or when it's just like wet from rain it keeps its insulative properties even when it's wet. So that is the the coolest thing that I discovered during this hunt was that throwing that kiln hoodie over my slightly damp wick hoodie dried out that wick hoodie really, really well. And I didn't get cold. So that was great. Okay, so that's the clothing. That all worked great. I do wish I had a little bit of a puffy jacket. There were some mornings, especially when you're sitting there, not moving. I would kind of wish I had a puffy jacket sometimes, but it wasn't in the budget this year. So, okay, let's move on. The next thing that worked really great, and this is kind of a surprise one. This comes from the first aid kit is Luco tape. So Luco tape has been working great for me. It's kind of like moleskin, but it's thinner and it's more like a tape, you know, it's stiffer and sticks to your skin a lot better than moleskin does. So when you're hiking miles and miles every single day, even if your boots and socks fit really well, you're going to get some sore spots. Your feet swell up, you know, especially in that high elevation, your feet just take a beating out there. I mean, I was putting over 12 miles a day, uh, most days up there. I mean, in, during the week, I definitely hiked over 50 miles and I had the that tape on there the, the entire time and it never came off. I mean, I just left it on there. I even slept with the tape on and it stayed on for that whole five day hunt. It's great stuff and it can save you. It just take, 
it just takes a, I just take a few feet of it and I wrap it around a little Bic lighter and I put it in my little first aid kit pouch thing. And it's super convenient. And that way it's just really easy to get to. I'm going to, I'm going to take a picture of my little first aid kit that I take with me and put it on Instagram for you guys. You can kind of see how I do my thing that maybe I'll do like a video on that pouch too, because it's pretty, it's a pretty versatile pouch. I call it my gray pouch. I know I'm super creative. Anyway, the next thing that worked really well for me is my charger. I know this, <laughs> this is kind of like a way random list, but when you're out there, the things that I ended up using and realizing that worked really well, this is what is on that list. So anyway, I use that, that charger, which is, uh, it's from dark energy. It's their Poseidon. And I think they have a newer version of it out now, but I've had this Poseidon power bank for years. I think it's a 10,000 milliamp battery. I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but it'll charge your phone around five times. So if you keep your phone on airplane mode and battery saver mode, you know, you download your maps from Onyx Maps, your phone will last multiple days on a single charge, depending on how you use it. Obviously, if you're using tracking, if you're checking it all the time, if you have your brightness turned up all the way, a lot of those little things, or if your phone is old, a lot of those things are going to suck down your battery. Um, and I tend to use a lot of battery, but this thing keeps my phone and my satellite messenger, my Garmin in reach. It keeps them charged all week long. And I love this charger. So if you're hunting from the truck, I mean, you can obviously always charge it up at night too, which is cool, which is what I do some of the time, but you don't need to. I mean, it'll, it'll charge your phone from zero to a hundred percent around five times, depending on your phone and everything. So that worked really well. The other thing that I like is that when your phone is plugged into it and it becomes fully charged. So if you're charging your phone at night, it'll stop charging. So it doesn't drain your power bank for no reason. So that's a nice feature. So you'll um, plug it in and then, you know, you're sleeping or whatever, and then it gets to hundred percent and it'll stop charging. So that's great. The next thing that I love is my headlamp. I know <laughs> I feels like I'm just jumping all over the spot place, but this is the list that I came up with. And, um, my headlamp is awesome. It's a black diamond spot. It's an inexpensive, great headlamp. I think it's around 30 bucks. Um, the thing is awesome. And I was grateful that I had extra batteries for it too. It takes three triple A's that I didn't realize it, but when the battery was the, the battery was actually super low on that first day that I went out there. I don't think I mentioned this in the last episode, but when I was hiking that first day, I did a hike back in the dark and I was using this headlamp and I was just like, man, it kind of seems kind of dim, but I, you know, I haven't used this in a while, but it ended up being that the battery was really low. Um, and so I swapped out the batteries and boom, let there be light. So I was glad that a, the headlamp that I had, had this cool moonlight feature where it goes to a dim mode and doesn't let you go in complete darkness all at once. As I understand it, it'll stay in that moonlight feature mode for a long time, um, just so you're not caught without light. So I was super glad that a, it had that feature and B that I brought extra batteries. So that worked really well for me. And those batteries go right in that little gray pouch and I keep kind of everything in there. It's kind of a catch all for all my little gear things. So anyway, that worked really well. And then I didn't have to swap out those batteries the rest of the trip. I was really glad that I had that headlamp. The other thing I like about this headlamp is that it has a lock feature. So you don't accidentally turn your headlamp on 
while you're fumbling around in your bag or whatever. So you can um, push and hold the side button on it and it'll lock it. And that way when you push the on off button, it doesn't turn on. It'll just flash this little blue light and be like, I'm locked. Unlock me if you want to use the light. Anyway, that's that's nice peace of mind that you don't accidentally turn it on. Okay, so the next thing that was working really well for me is food. So the way that I do food is I do these food bags. I do a gallon size Ziploc bag for each day. And I think I'm going to put a little video on Instagram showing my food bags for a five-day elk hunt and show you how I do my food. It works well for me by using those gallon size bags every day. That way I don't overeat or undereat. So I like to mix up the flavors of bars and drink mixes and stuff so I can just grab a bag, throw it in, and then the next day is kind of a little bit of a surprise. So I kind of like that. The key with this, though, is to get enough calories from food that you'll actually enjoy eating. So do those two things. Get enough food and good food, and you will be a lot happier in camp. This next thing was actually brought to my attention from a listener, Scott from Tennessee, I think. Anyway, Scott is going on his first Idaho mule deer hunt this year, and he asked a question on Instagram about how to pack most efficiently so that you can get everything you need and distribute the weight the best. So this is something that I found is really helpful and saves a lot of time. The night before, you should have your pack totally ready to go. So your water filled, your food bag packed, everything ready where it needs to go. And a good thing to do as far as packing is... um, keep your stuff in the same place so that you always know where it is. So that makes it really easy to just go through a checklist. You can check every little pocket and make sure everything that is supposed to be in that pocket is actually in there. So for example, I keep my inReach, my Garmin inReach, my satellite messenger, my skinning knife, and my headlamp in the left pocket of my Badlands 2200. That's the pack that I use. And that's stuff that I don't really need to get to that much, but if I need it quickly, it is accessible. So, and it's not heavy, so it can be near the hip belt and not be uncomfortable. So in general, you don't really want really heavy things on your hip belt because it kind of tends to dig in after all day being there. That's stuff that I don't really get to that much, but if I need to, I can. Then I have on my left hip pocket, I have some snacks in there, hot tamales or gummy bears or something that I can get to really easily grab some delicious quick carbs for those big hills and pushes. I like to eat a little bit of sugar right before I go up a big hill. It tends to give you a little bit of extra energy and then you burn right through it and then it doesn't affect you later on because sugar tends to cause inflammation and stuff. You don't want to deal with that. You just want to burn that sugar off right away. So I tend to eat, you know, like five or six gummy bears right before I go up a big hill or a big push or whatever. And that tends to help me out. And I I like having those in the same little spot. But as far as weight distribution, as a general rule, you want heavy things close to your back between your shoulder blades and then the lighter things, kind of everything everywhere else, like at the bottom of your pack. So you don't want that weight far away from your back because it causes you to have to lean forward to, you know, balance it. The closer the weight is to your back, the better. Almost like the higher you put it up, the better too. So I put light things at the bottom in the pack first. So like if you're backpacking a sleeping bag or a puffy goat or your rain gear, things that kind of take up a lot of space but don't have a lot of weight to them, put those in the bottom of your pack. And then I pile things on top of that, like my first aid kit, game bags, which are a little heavier because they're all wrapped up and into a compact 
package. I put my food bag and my water bottle or my water bladder on top of all that. The water bladder kind of hangs in between your shoulder blades right where it's supposed to be because water is pretty heavy and you want that up high. And then you want your heavier things up there, like your food bag is pretty heavy too. And then you, and then by putting it up right on top, you have a lot of easy access to it. So it's a win-win. That's just kind of a general outline of how you should distribute your pack weight and everything. And Scott, good luck on your Idaho mule deer hunt this year. Let me know how it goes. That brings me to the next thing that was working really well for me this year, and that was my water filtering system. I did a whole episode on water filtering in episode 34, and I mentioned a little bit in the last episode, but this was something that I was just totally stoked on. This was a game changer. So I use the Sawyer Squeeze Filter and the Fast Fill Adapter, but that game changer is that Fast Fill Adapter. That thing is awesome. So the what that is, it's a quick disconnect. So in my drinking hose, I have a male and a female end quick disconnect right there in my drinking hose, right next to my shoulder. And I'm able to disconnect that when I'm wanting to filter water. And I scoop up water in my dirty bag, which is a three liter platypus. And then I can hook my Sawyer water filter to that platypus, screw it right on, it just threads right onto it. And then the fast fill adapter has a male end on it. And so I just clip that into the clip that I have on my drinking hose that's right on my shoulder. I hook that dirty bag, the filter, and that fast fill adapter into the drinking hose. And then I can squeeze that dirty water through the filter, through my drinking hose, into my bladder that's in my pack. And I never have to take my bladder out of my pack. The other thing that I really liked about this system was having a three liter bag and my drinking bladder is only two liters. So the reasoning behind that is it's really hard to fill up that three liter bag all the way unless you have like a big waterfall, you know, you can have gravity fill up that whole bag. So I can get about two and a half liters into that three liter dirty bag, even if I just have a little bit of a trickle in a creek. That way I can fill up my water bladder all the way, my two liter drinking bladder. And then I just carry a little plastic water bottle, like those disposable ones. And I fill that up too. And that's what I use for like drink mixes, like my mountain ops ignite or whatever. And I can shake that up in the little water bottle. The water bottle is light and it fits right into the side pocket. I put it on the right side in my Badlands 2200. So that works out really well. I can do that two, two liters in my bladder and then the little extra for that water bottle and then just dump out the rest. So, and then I, I just wrap that platypus, that three liter platypus around the water filter itself. And I put a little rubber band around it and that's my water filter system. It keeps it all together and that goes right into my, the top outside pocket of my pack. It's a really light thing. So it's just right there and it has a lot of easy access to it because that's something that sometimes you need to get to it really quick. And the other great thing about the system is you can scoop up dirty water when you come across it and say you don't have time to filter it right now. You're on a stock or whatever, you're moving in on some elk or whatever you're doing, you're covering ground or whatever, it's nighttime and you're, you just want to get back to the truck and you come across some water and you're like, oh, I should filter some water, but I don't want to do it right now. You can scoop up that dirty water with your dirty bag, screw on a lid. I use a, a smart water bottle lid cap. That's like a sturdy cap that I like. I just took, I stole it from a smart water bottle and I screw it onto that platypus. And that way it is, I can just throw that water bladder in my pack and filter it later. So I'm loving that system right now. I'll leave links to all that stuff, obviously, 
in the description. All right, and then the last thing that was working insanely well for me this trip and every trip that I've ever used it is the canvas cutter bedroll. I love this thing. You know that I've talked about this before. I had the founder of canvas cutter on Seth Larson in episode 11. So you can go back and listen to that. But if you don't know what a canvas cutter is, it is a marine canvas bedroll that has your sleeping bag and your pad inside it. And it just rolls up into this nice convenient package and you can roll it out anywhere and sleep and stay dry. So the best thing about the canvas cutter is that it is so easy to use, super convenient, it's waterproof and insanely comfortable. So those are the big things for me is that I can roll in the bed of the truck if I'm parked on a flat place or if there's not a real flat place near to park, then I can just find a little spot and roll out that canvas cutter and sleep anywhere. And I know that I'm going to be dry and comfortable no matter what the conditions are. And it keeps the wind out too, which is nice even when it's not raining or snowing or anything. I mean, I've had this, I've had an inch of snow pile up on that canvas and it stays dry inside. So it has, it comes with a little pole system that can keep the canvas off of your face or they have a new full length pole system that I haven't tried out yet. And it keeps the canvas off of your whole sleeping bag. Anyway, it's like an, an individual personal fortress. So they have two models. They have a dominator and a fortress. <laughs> That's probably why that word came to my head. Uh, the dominator is the bigger version and the fortress is kind of a slimmed down, more compact, lighter version of the same rugged materials. So anyway, I am loving that system. I have a video on my Instagram of my truck camp setup with that in the back of my truck. So go check that out if you want to see that in action. We have a coupon code that will save you a bunch of money. So go to canvascutter.com, order your bedroll and use code HTW for 10% off. So there are a couple things. Those are like the, the main highlights. Those are things that I was just, I was using all the time and it was working really well for me. So there are a couple things that I was like not super keen on or stuff that I didn't use. And I want to get into that stuff now. So the first thing that came to mind was my socks. So this is kind of just like a minor improvement for my hunting style. Anyway, my socks worked really great on this trip, but if I could change one thing about it, I would have brought a few extra pairs since I was hunting from the truck every day. So I had two pairs of socks that I really liked and then one that worked but just wasn't quite as comfortable as the other two. I didn't get blisters or anything but it just wasn't my favorite pair of socks. So I had two that I liked and one kind of eh. Uh, it was okay. But the key with socks is to try different thicknesses and find what works for you and all these all three of those pairs of socks worked really well for my my boots and my feet. So I've kind of ironed out that process that problem solving process for myself but after sweating in those socks all day and then just swapping and just wearing basically two pairs of socks for five days and going back and forth between the two um, those socks were pretty gross after a couple days I mean it worked it was fine um, like if I was backpacking I don't think I'd take more than two pairs of socks but since I was going to be at the truck having a few extra pairs of socks and a fresh pair every day that would be pretty nice. So I think I'm going to do that next time and bring a few extra pairs and have a fresh one each day. Um, the other thing I kind of mentioned this was a puffy coat. It just wasn't in the budget this year for me. Um, it would have made some of those mornings a little more comfortable, especially on those mornings when you're just sitting in a meadow or sitting water or whatever, and you're not doing a lot of moving. My hunting style is to move around a lot. And, you know, I like still hunting and Anyway, I was covering a lot of ground, so I tend to stay pretty warm and I don't need a coat, 
but there were a couple mornings, especially that last morning sitting there, you know, you're over 10,000 feet in the mornings. It can be, it can be pretty cold even in August. So I got by okay, but it would have been nice to have a little puffy coat, like the Uncompadre 2.0 from First Light. Like I said, it wasn't in the budget this year, but, and I actually, I missed the 20, they had a 20% off sale while I was hunting. And so I came back and I turned on my email and I had all these emails from them and it was like a three day sale and I was gone right in the middle of it. So I might just have to bite the bullet and go get a coat at full price, but we'll see how the budget goes. I actually did find like a $30 lightweight down coat at Costco. I'm going to try out. It's just kind of a holdover until I can get the, the actual coat that I want, but I'll let you guys know how that coat works out for me this time. So the the next thing is stuff that I brought in my pack that I didn't ever use. And you always want to pay attention to this because you don't want to be packing your fears, you know, um, to a certain point. I mean, I didn't use everything in my first aid kit. I mean, I used the Luco tape and um, that was about it. And those are things that you want to take with you just as a safety thing. And they'll always be in my pack, even if I don't ever use them. Um, the point is to not have to use them, but that they're there anyway. But you don't want to be packing your fears in the sense of like, oh, what if I uh, what if I fall in a river and my socks are wet? What am I going to do? It's like, well, just dry them out. You don't need to carry an extra pair of socks with you. Um, and unless you're backpacking, of course, like you want, you'd want two pairs. But if you're day hunting, you don't need to be packing those kind of fears. And I think you kind of know what I mean. And then the other things that you I didn't use or I didn't end up using were my skinning knife and my game bags. But I mean, you have to bring those too. But one thing that I was packing around with me that I didn't use was my gorilla pod. So this was there just to kind of take pictures. Um, I'm by myself. And so I don't have anyone to take pictures. So I didn't actually end up using it. Just kind of did the selfie thing, I guess. And then I think if I got something down, I'd probably end up using the little tripod to make sure I get quality pictures. You know, that's a moment that you don't want to forget and you need those pictures. But so I'll probably end up keeping that. Um, I might look into getting a lighter weight little tripod other than the Gorilla Pod. But keeping this list of things, like when you unpack your pack, ask yourself, did I use this or did I not? Do I need this in my pack or do I not? Um, I think that's a good practice to do as you go through your gear. So anyway, the, all this gear is going to be at huntthewest.us slash 38. And it'll be a link to that will be in the show notes. So if you have any questions on this, the archery target, the clothing, the Luco tape, my the charger that I use, the headlamp. I didn't get into the specifics on the food that I do use. Let me just talk about that real quick. Um, most of the food that I do is protein bars and stuff. I, I like the single serve tuna packets from like Tuna Creations. And I throw different flavors in there. I like those. And then I take a like Mountain Ops Enduro, which is their non-caffeinated cardio enhancement drink that they have, which I really like. And then the Mountain Ops Ignite, which is uh, has caffeine and some energy and focus blend. And I like that, especially in the afternoon when you're starting to get tired and you still have a lot of hiking to do. That Ignite is great stuff. Anyway, protein bars, I keep it pretty simple. Hot tamales are good. I like having cinnamon for some reason. I like the cinnamon taste when you're hunting. Sometimes you need a little fresh mouth. But um, yeah, the important thing with food is just take stuff that you're actually going to eat. So I probably should have talked about that more in the food section of this episode, but we're just going to roll with it. Let me know if you guys have questions about any of this stuff. I'm happy to help you out. My contact info is in the description, skylar at huntthewest.us. Shoot me an email. 
hit me up on Instagram, huntthewest.us, all that good stuff. Find me wherever you are. I'm glad you guys are getting ready for hunting season. I am stoked. I cannot wait to get out there again. So get your gear dialed. Let me know if you have questions so you can get out there and hunt the West.